Hello, I'm Kenny Smith, and this is The Best Story I've Heard Today, a podcast for news junkies. We know you can't possibly see all the great content being produced, so we're bringing you a story that you might have otherwise overlooked. Our guests each day tell us about the best story they've found today, and today we're pleased to welcome Chris Pallone, who is a freelance correspondent that you can often see on NBC affiliates around the country. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Tell us what story you found today, and tell us why the rest of us should read about it as well. Sure. I, uh, since I work so long in Alabama and my wife is still from there, I still follow a lot of news from Alabama. And uh, this story that I found uh, yesterday was, uh, I found absolutely fascinating. Uh, a reporter, you know, often reporters, uh, you know, we try not to make the news. We're there to cover the news, but somehow we get involved in that. And that's basically uh, what this reporter for Al.com, the, the online uh, arm of, of advanced publications in Alabama did. He uh, went looking for a shipwreck, and he believes he found it. And what's interesting about the shipwreck is that it is believed to be the last known ship which brought slaves to the United States in 1860. And people have been looking for this ship, uh, you know, for, for 150 years, and it appears uh, or evidence points to this may very well be it and the way that uh, this reporter Ben Rains found it was he had a general idea he had been looking for a long time but because of that bomb cyclone that brought so much snow to the northeast a couple of weeks ago it also brought very low tides to the Mobile Alabama area and when he was out looking he was able to find something that that closely matched the descriptions of that ship called the Clotilda that uh, that sailed in 1860. Now we know that archaeologists are now trying to verify um, this discovery. Well, certainly they know it is a vessel. They're trying to make sure that it is what it is believed presently to be. But let's talk about the context of this in terms of the regional or even, even some national consequences. The, For instance, in reading this story, I was reading on that last voyage of the ship, and they believe it was scuttled in the Mobile Bay area. And uh, the last living uh, slave passenger on board uh, lived in that region until the 1930s. This is still very much a, an almost living history kind of story that's coming uncovered right now for us. That's right. And, and Ben Rains, the reporter, apparently has spoken with uh, a member of a prominent family. If you've been to Mobile, you're familiar with Ladd People's Stadium. And he spoke with a member of the Ladd family who apparently remembers growing up on the waters uh, of Mobile Bay and in his youth having his father point out this uh, particular area and say, oh, there's the Clotilda. And historical records indicate that after this ship was scuttled in 1860, parts of it were visible during low tide for about 75 years, I think it was, and then, you know, the changes in topography and, and, and the boat probably disintegrated some. And, uh, you know, as, as tides began to rise, it apparently is, is not readily visible even at low tide unless you have an exceptionally low, low tide, which we just did. And so uh, the reporter spoke uh, with a member of the Ladd family who, who said that as a child, uh, you know, decades ago, he remembers his dad pointing to this wreck and saying that that's what it was, and he described where he believed it was when he was a child, and that's pretty much where uh, Ben Rains found this this uh, apparent boat. Do you think a discovery like this, if it does uh, bear out to be that vessel, 
What kind of impact does this have in a, in a local community in terms of race relations or just understanding even its own history, as simple and as complex as that can be? It's, um, I, I think that uh, this is all starting to come back around. First of all, if, if, if you are interested in history and American history, it's just a tremendous find. Uh, you know, more than uh, you know, 150, 160 years after the Civil War, it's not often that we find brand new artifacts that may bring some some history to light. And so it's exciting on just the level of, hey, this may be something that people have been looking decades and decades and decades for, and it may finally be found. But then just on top of what might it hold, what may, if, the, if they are able to excavate it and it's in relatively good shape underneath the mud line, uh, what are they going to find in that cargo hold that, that sheds some light on the experience of these people? The, the thing that, that I found interesting about the article, or one of the many things I found interesting, was that um, this was essentially a dare. Uh, the way the story is told, uh, this Timothy uh, Meher, uh, it, it had been illegal for more than 50 years to bring new slaves into the United States. Uh, slavery was still legal, but the importation of slaves was illegal. And this guy who, who led this, uh, this trip and hired a ship captain to go get slaves from Africa uh, essentially wanted to do it just to prove that he could. And he was a plantation owner. And, uh, and apparently they succeeded in bringing back more than 100 slaves. And so, you know, it, it, it's a sad footnote in American history, uh, but in some ways a hopeful one that that was the last time that this was done. And I just think that on a million different levels of what it might reveal and the artifacts it might reveal, uh, but just in the fact that we have to learn as much about that area as we can, and often in making these discoveries and cataloging them and maybe putting them on display, we learn about the real people and the real families that were involved in all of this, and uh, you know maybe we put some sort of, of, of period on the end of that sentence. Uh, uh, you know, a particularly dark time for this country. Cujo Lewis was the uh, last surviving uh, slave passenger on that vessel, lived in that area for most of the rest of his life after he was brought into the region, still has family, and of course, as I mentioned, and, and you've discussed the Ladd family as well, people that have very direct ties to this. As a reporter yourself, if you get a, a, an assignment like this, what kind of angles are you looking at in terms of investigating or reporting on uh, what those people are encountering as we all encounter this brand new 140 50 year old historical story so so many so many angles uh, first of all the whole idea that these people who were brought over as most likely the last imported slaves into the United States were freed just five years later with the end of the Civil War and looked to go home to Africa and when uh, uh, Mir wouldn't pay for it, and then the federal government wouldn't pay for it. They apparently bought some some land uh, near Mobile, and that's called Africa Town. And, and many of the people who were on that ship settled there, so we know where their descendants are. I mean, that's not too many generations removed from today. And so, to talk to uh, people who who are descendants of folks who had no desire and, and no control over where they ended up in the world. Uh, would be fascinating just to see uh, what their lives are like now, their descendants' lives are like, um, you know, after finding themselves in this place in this time. 
that's one angle of it. And then there's the legacy that we're kind of wrestling with again now in the wake of Charlottesville and things like that of uh, there are people in this country who have some really dark times in their past. How do they reconcile what their ancestors did or didn't do? Um, I, I just think that there's a this I'm really excited to watch this develop because now it, it, it's not just, hey, we found a boat. Because the next process is it, it's it's illegal to uh, disturb a shipwreck, so there are going to need to be permits. It's going to be very very expensive to uh, excavate it to, to conduct some sort of archaeological uh, dig. Who leads that effort? What universities or what agencies get involved? There's just a million angles. So this is going to be a story that I think is going to spawn a lot of stories over the next. Uh, you know, several years. And serendipitously, uh, Zora Neale Hurston's book, which will be posthumously published later this year, is telling the story of Cujo Lewis, who was one of those uh, uh, slave passengers, the man we've been talking about, who was also one of the founders of Africatown there. It is uh, truly a very interesting time in archaeology and in southeastern archaeology and in uh, many, many ways telling the American story. We've got links to this story that Chris is talking about here and links to, uh, for you to follow along with Chris Pallone as well. Chris, thanks for taking the time to join us today. My pleasure. That's Chris Pallone, a freelance correspondent that you can often see on NBC affiliates around the country. And this is the best story I've heard today. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll share it with others. Thanks for listening. We look forward to sharing stories with you again very soon. I'm Kenny Smith.